Thank you for tuning into Stepping Stones of Faith. Stepping Stones of Faith is a ministry of Claytonville United Brethren Church. Our service times are as follows. Sunday morning Sunday school starts at 9.30 a.m. Sunday morning worship starts at 10.30 a.m. If you would like to join us for any of these services, our address is 106 Elizabeth Street, Claytonville, Illinois, 60926. We hope to see you this morning. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you, Lord, as we come before you in this word. Help our hearts to be attuned to you. Help our minds and our spirits to be open to receive what you have for us today. And Lord, we thank you. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you had turned with us to, or turn with me, I'd like to turn your attention to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1, starting in verse 18. And while you're there, put a finger, or if you have a ribbon, put a ribbon in Isaiah 9. I'm going to do that right now. So, I find it fitting to, as we started Advent with Isaiah 9, that we end Advent with Isaiah 9 in conjunction with this New Testament text. And we'll start with the New Testament text here. Isaiah 9. If you're in the Red Bible, it is page 589. Matthew chapter 1, starting in verse 18. The heading of the section is called The Birth of Jesus Christ. Now the birth of Jesus Christ happened this way. After his mother Mary was engaged to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child by the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not willing to make her a public example, had in mind to divorce her privately. But while he thought on these things, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for he who is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus." for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this occurred to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet, saying, A virgin shall be with child and will bear a son, and, shall, and you shall call his name Emmanuel, which is interpreted God with us. Then Joseph, being awakened from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him, 
and remained with his wife and did not know her until she had given birth to her firstborn son. And he called his name Jesus. Now, this was the fruition of so many things that the Old Testament was talking about. We're going to be looking at Isaiah 9. But we, we've done other things as well. We've looked at Isaiah 9. We've looked at Micah 5. We looked at all these other things. But this was the fruition of that. We talked this morning in the book of Luke of Mary's a song and how Mary was rejoicing of what God was doing in her womb even though she would lose some things because of her choice to bear a son for God. She would lose her position in her family. She would lose those kinds of things, reputation. She could have been killed for being uh, pregnant before marriage. But she didn't care. She said, let it be unto me as you say. She told the angel. She understood God's holiness. She understood God's presence in her life. And this was the fruition of all of those things in the Old Testament that we've read about this last month. How God brought forth Jesus Christ on this day that we celebrate. Not that he was born on December 25th. I want to make that clear. We know that that's not the case, but it is the day we choose to celebrate Jesus Christ. And it is important for us to understand that Jesus Christ can be birthed in our hearts every single day. This promise of a physical Savior is also a promise of a Savior in our lives as well. He can be birthed in us. Just as it is said in John 3, 3 and 3, 7, you must be born again. He can be birthed in us as well. He can give, he can give us this peace and joy that Mary felt. And as we know in Scripture that when Mary was pregnant, John the Baptist felt that joy and peace as well. He leapt in Elizabeth's womb. Because even as an infant in the womb, he understood the deity and the holiness of Jesus Christ, which Mary was carrying. She was carrying, as one of the Gaither's songs said, Mary was the first one to carry the gospel, Jesus Christ. And we can carry that as well in our hearts. You see, this is something we celebrate that Jesus Christ came, that Jesus Christ was part of our lives at this time, but he can still be part of our lives today. He can be born within us, and he can walk with us, and he can talk with us. He can carry us through bad situations. And it all started with an angel approaching Mary and telling her that she was going to carry a son. And not only that, but her obedience to accept that. This is the fruition of that. Joseph, being a just man, could have said, 
I'm going to divorce you. You came, you came back to me and you, had, you were pregnant after being with Elizabeth. Something happened down there. And I don't want to be married to you. I'm not going to make a, you a public, public example, but I don't want to be married to you anymore. He could have done that. He could have been, it could have been that way. But it wasn't. He was a just man. And I don't believe he would have done it if God hadn't visited him because he was a just man. So he was planning on divorcing her privately. But as, the, as a just man as he is and was, I believe he would have kept his agreement for that be, 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 betrothal. Joseph, as we read through here, as we read through here in chapter 2 and on, we know that God used angels in a dream to direct Joseph's paths to make sure that Jesus would be born and that he would be the savior of the world. Chapter 2 says, starting in verse 1, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, wise men came from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the, the king heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes and the people together, he inquired of them where Christ should be born. They told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for this is what the prophet wrote, and you, and you Bethlehem in the land of Judah are no longer least among the princes of Judah. For out of you shall come a governor who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, carefully inquired of them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when you have found him, bring, him to bring me word so I may go and worship also. Now we understand and we know the story. That was not his intention. He was fearful. He didn't want to lose his throne. He didn't want to be overthrown. So he was going to go and kill Jesus. But what happened? Now when they departed, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and escape to Egypt and stay there until I bring you word, for Herod will seek the young child and to kill him. When he arose and took the young child and his mother by night, they departed into Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet, out of, Israel, out of Egypt I have called my son. So God used angels to protect Jesus. God used Joseph to protect Jesus. And it was a fruition to all those things. And that promise, one of those promises that we are talking about today is found in Isaiah 9, 1 through 7. Nevertheless, there shall be no more gloom for her, for her who was in anguish. 
In the former time, the contempt, the, he contemptuously treated the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time, he shall make it glorious by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan in Galilee of the nations. The people, of, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them the light has shined. You have multiplied the nation and increased the joy. They rejoice before you according to the joy of harvest, as men and as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. For you have broken the yoke of his burden and the bar of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, in the day of Midian's as in the day of Midian's defeat. For all the sandals of the trampling warriors and all the garments that rolled in blood shall be burned for fuel the fire. For unto us a child is born, for unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. Of the, of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and to establish it with justice and with righteousness from now until forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Jesus has been born. We celebrate that today. But he's been born for as a baby. He gave up his deity. He gave up his, right, his, his, uh, his throne for us today. Why? To be some things for us. A wonderful counselor. A mighty God, an everlasting father, and a prince of peace. Many people have tried to trample on Jesus Many people have tried to silence those who worship Jesus. But guess what? They're not going to silence us. Herod tried to, tried to silence Jesus by killing him. God made a way. The enemy tried to silence Jesus by stoning Mary. But God made a way. God caused Joseph to not feel that he needed to make an accusation against her, therefore not allowing her to be stoned. God protected Jesus, and Jesus will protect us. He is our mighty counselor. We go through things in our life. Don't we feel like we need a counselor? Some of us have real counselors. But don't we need something that we can go to God with to get answers? He's our counselor. He's who we go to when we wake up in the middle of the night in fear. He's the one we go to when we are, uh, when we are overjoyed with things. He's the one we give praise to. He is our everlasting Father. He is our Father in heaven. He is, gives us the love of a father and also not only the love of a father, but he disciplines us as a father would discipline his children. Not to hurt us, not to harm us, but to mold us into his image even more than we are already. 
to make us into productive children of God who bring forth the message of Christ to those who need it. He is our mighty God. Is there anything that can stand in his way? Can sickness be too much for him? Can loss of jobs be too much for him? Can loss of a home be too much for him? We know we talked this morning about people who've lost their homes in fires recently. I know someone who did that as well, had that happen as well last week. Is God, is that too much for God? No. He is mightier than our circumstances. And because he is mighty, we can be mighty. He gives us peace. He is our prince of peace. When we are in a time of turmoil and we turn to God, our wonderful counselor, he gives us peace and assurance in our times of trouble. He can do that for us. The catch, though, is that we must go to him to receive that. We must go to him to receive that. If we are dealing with something, say this time of year we have allergies and headaches and sinus trouble and all these things, you don't get relief unless you take medication. Jesus could heal you. Don't take me, don't take me wrong in that. Jesus can heal you. But there are medication you can take. Sudafed, Claritin, Zyrtec, all of these things that God has allowed us to have to help us in these situations. And if we don't take those, we suffer. And if we're going through our life and our desperation, and we know we're desperate and we know we're hurting and we don't call upon Jesus Christ, there will be no relief. For he is the one who gives relief. He gives us peace. He gives us counsel. He's mighty in our situations. Who doesn't need peace in their life? We all need peace, right? We all need peace. Especially this time of year, many people need peace in their life. Jesus is the one that can give it to us. And he's the only one. He's the only one. And that fruition came out of the birth of Jesus Christ through Mary. Jesus Christ is our Savior. He goes on, Matthew talks about it again. He says, he says in verse 20, but while he thought on these things, talking about Joseph, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For he who is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. So there's some things that David was dealing with fear, anger. He was also dealing with thoughts of betrayal, I'm sure. 
But all of these things, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For what's birthed in her is of the Holy Spirit. She'll bear a son and she'll call his name Jesus for he'll save his people from their sins. This was foreign at this point. How did the children of Israel deal with their sins? Wave offerings and sacrifices. How was Jesus going to save their people, people from their sins? He didn't understand it. He didn't know it. He just did. He just did what he was told and believed. And that's a question for us today. How often do we follow what God tells us to do? Just believing him to be true. Just believing him to be faithful. How often do we just, I don't want to say blindly follow, but we follow. Because he says to follow. How often? Joseph did. There was no understanding at this point how Jesus was going to save them from their sins. He didn't know. All they understood was the sacrifice of animals. How was a human boy going to save them? But yet, he did that which he was told to do. And how often do we, does, does God tell us things to do things we're like, that doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense to me. Goes beyond the logic of our understanding, but with God, his understanding is better than ours. And we follow. Maybe we think we're nuts when we're doing it, but we follow. And when we follow Christ, God shows us the way. And we're like, oh, okay, I get it now. But we have to follow. Joseph escaped to Egypt through, the, through a dream by the angel. There's someone going to kind of try to come kill him, go to Egypt. Middle of the night. I tell you what, I got woke up at 6.30 this morning and I wasn't ready to get up. Can you imagine 12, 1 o'clock in the morning, angel saying, get up, take your wife and, her, and your son and go to Egypt. Load up the camel, 1 o'clock in the morning, start walking. Who would be up for that? Especially if you've got to walk to Egypt. Not me. But Joseph was up for it. Why? Because God told him to. He believed. He believed. God told him, he did it. It doesn't say, it's very silent in the scripture from, from this point of the birth to when he's 12 years old. It's very silent. So it goes from the birth and it goes when the wise men visit him and there's about a two-year silence there. And then from that point to 12 years old, completely silent. So we don't know. We don't know a lot about Jesus at that point, but we do know how he was, who he was at 12 years old. So you think in those 10 years, you think maybe uh, Joseph maybe uh, had a little bit of 
doubt in himself, but yet he still raised the Savior, didn't he? He still listened to God. They still taught him things. That's a question that often comes to my mind this time of year. How would you teach the Savior the Old Testament stories? Because he already knows them. How would you instruct him on the ways of sacrifices? Because he already knows them. We don't know if he learned or if he just told them these things. But we do know that Joseph and Mary were obedient to the call of God. And that's a question we have to ask ourselves. Am I obedient to the call of God? And what is your call? What is my call? That's between you and God. But that call that God has given you, we're all called to be witnesses. We're all called to walk with God. We're all called to do those things. Do we do them? Those are questions we have to ask ourselves. Or do we say, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand. Well, we're not paid to understand. It's like when we're doing, doing a work, doing a job. You know? When you're told to do something a certain way, you might think, well, it would work better if I do it this way. Just do it the way I told you. Don't understand... But if you want to keep your job, you do it the way you're told to do it. Jesus and God told Mary and Joseph, this is, what we, this is what we want you to do. This is what's going to happen, and this is what we want you to do. Didn't understand it, but they did it. And that's a call for us. What God says to us, we must do it. What God says we, we must do, we must do. Amen? Does that make sense? I promised all of you I'd get you out of here early. So we're going to do that. And we're going to pray, and then we're going to finish up our Advent this morning. Amen. Father, we thank you today for your grace and your mercy. Thank you for Christmas. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for all the things you've given to us. Lord, I ask that you would bless us by your Holy Spirit today. As, Lord, we gather with friends and family, guide our conversations, guide our times together, fill our homes with your presence, and, Lord, minister to us today. Bless those that have come today. Touch their lives as well. Lord, bless them by your Spirit. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Amen. Today we come before you this last day of Advent reading from the book of Romans. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets and in the Holy Scriptures concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, was born of the seed of David according to the script, according to the flesh and declared to be the son of the most would compared to be the son with power according to the spirit um, 
according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Through him, we have received grace and apostleship for the obedience of faith among all nations for his name, among whom you also, have, you also are called by Jesus Christ. To all who are in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We light this this morning in remembrance of Jesus because of what it says here. It says the start of the sentence is Jesus Christ our Lord who was born of the seed of David according to the flesh and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection of the dead. Through him, through Jesus, through his birth, we have received grace. Grace. If this, if, if this would not have taken place in history, we would not have the grace we have now. Apostleship for the obedience of faith among the nations for his name, among whom also are called by Jesus Christ. We are, we are given grace and mercy by Jesus Christ because of what we celebrate today, his birth. We are called, number one, to be witnesses. What else you're called behind? Other than that is between you and God, but we know that we are called to be witnesses of Jesus Christ. We have been given grace and mercy to do that. We've been given grace and mercy to be able to do those things. And then as we do those things, Jesus Christ gives us more to do. Our call becomes deeper. It becomes richer. It becomes more than it was before because of him, because of what he's done. Coming to us as a baby. Isaiah 6 talks about what he has given up. His throne, his train that filled the temple. Seraphim and cherubim flying around saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. All of those things he has given up to be born a baby so that we might have mercy and grace and understanding. Let's go before the Lord. Father, once again, thank you. Help us to have an understanding. Help us to have uh, grace and mercy extended to others as you extend it to us. 
Lord, we thank you. And we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you all for being here today. God bless you. God be with you. May he uh, be with you in your celebrations today, amen. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May he turn his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Amen. Thank you for listening to Stepping Stones of Faith. I pray that you find value in this content. You can also find an audio podcast of this program on all the major podcasting platforms. Just type Stepping Stones of Faith into the podcast search bar. Once again, I'm Pastor Josh. Thank you for joining me today.